Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 337 for Tuesday, the 4th of March, 2014. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis, and here is what's coming up in the newsroom. Nearly twice as many Android tablets sold in 2013 versus the Apple iPad. N has got his Twitter account back. Yahoo webcam chats have been hijacked by Britain's surveillance agency. And a legit Minecraft movie is in the works at Warner Brothers. Stick Just around. what we need. Oh, yeah. A Minecraft movie. <laughs> Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Tonight, we're going to learn how to move your Linux home folder from your existing installation over to a new hard drive. Why, oh, why might we want to do that? You'll find out tonight. So much time and so little to do. Wait a minute. Flip that. Reverse it. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a good show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. Pancake, pancake Tuesday today, so everybody's probably gathered around eating their pancakes. I experienced toad in the hole, which? which is basically we used up all the sausages in the fridge and the eggs and the flour and yeah. all this stuff. I've never heard of toad in the hole. We did egg in the or bird in the nest, which is just an egg in bread. She was explaining this to me. It's, it's like an inverted, uh, like... Like, French toast. Like deconstructed French toast. You take like the middle the out of the bread, yeah. right? So you you butter the bread like you're making your grilled cheese. <laughs> you take the middle out of it, though, but you okay. put the, the bread right. on the yeah. pan, and then you crack the egg into the hole, and you fry the egg and toast the bread at the same time, right? I, I'm going to try It's a bird in the nest. That. Nice. It's like a cracked bird in the nest. Sounds yummy. <laughs> anyway. What are you doing? What did you have for dinner? It seems to be the talk of the town. <laughs> Hey, uh, news for you. Friday, well, you know Abigail. Abigail Smith turned page from Category 5 TV. Right. Speaking of bird in the nest. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. uh, (laughs) Friday was her due date. So no word yet, but I know that obviously as soon as she has the baby, uh, we're going to be the first people to know. Ah, she's yeah. want to announce it to the world, to I'm sure. all of Category 5. Yes. So uh, no word yet. First but, uh, babies are lazy. First babies you take think? their time. Yeah. Second babies. I was a 20-minute baby. <laughs> Maybe uh, Becca's watching this, and she can tell me in the chat room if I'm right. I think Tally was uh, a, about a week or two early. Oh. I think. Is that right, hon? And the boys were late. The boys were, the she's boy. like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tally came on time. Babies. Boy. Yeah. 
Boy, oh boy. So we'll certainly let you know. Uh, Abigail, of course, is one of the co-hosts here on the show. You can check out her bio uh, on our website, Category5.tv, having her first baby. Um, She'll update that bio immediately after the baby is born. I should update mine. So for those of you who've (laughs) been wondering, you know, where's she been? There you go. She's updating her bio. Yeah. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TVN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, which is cat5.tv slash IAIB. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I jumped the gun a little bit there. M.cat5.tv is our mobile website. Make sure you get on there. I don't even have my mobile device on me. Here we go. All right. Category 5 TV, episode 337, is starting now. Oh, nice. Push notification. Awesome. Oh, we're so organized here. We're on it. And it works. Cool. But check out our mobile site because that's one of the ways that you can stay connected. Um, Staying connected through Google+. That's what just pushed to me there. Uh, Cat5.tv slash G+. And that's spelled out P-L-U-S or Mm -hmm. P-L-U-S if you're looking at me. Also, cat5.tv slash Facebook. That's right. That's where I get all my updates. I like a lot on Cat5. She's a liker. I'm a liker. I like to be first to like it. (laughs) Cat5.tv slash what else have we got? We've got Twitter. I don't know if we have a short link, though. It's just twitter.com slash category5tv. There it is. Category5tv on Twitter. Ah, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. You can tweet us. So, uh, a couple of new features on our website that I wanted to get uh, covered out the gate. Really, really excited about these. First of all, big feature on our website, category5.tv is our website. Click on the show notes for any episode, and uh, lo and behold, as it comes up there, if we scroll down the show notes, show notes are fantastic, Great by the way. Sweater. You wanna, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you want to check out the show notes for every episode. Uh, there is now... Whoa. <laughs> some techno beats? Yes, some techno beats. Okay, there are related episodes. This is new. And you think, hey, Robin, why haven't oh. you thought of this before? So here we are looking at an episode, and, and there are actually related episodes, which is a cool feature to help you find uh, episodes that are related. Right. So here or- we talked about webcams and so there are episodes about webcams and doing things like that so that's really really cool love that feature uh also somebody here on this episode was asking in the comments section at the bottom here uh where can i get the downloads for this episode and you'll see that if you scroll up just a little bit above the comments there are downloads and it says downloads show hide and check this out this isn't new but i want to bring your attention to it because people are asking where can i find this you can actually download as much as the HD file, the SD file, the LD file. Um, So HD, of course, being the best quality that's possible, as well as MP3 and JPEG images, still images and things like that for the show. So how cool is that? That is awesome. I mentioned the comments there, and as people are commenting, as you're commenting on your the episodes that go forth, we're actually keeping track of who the top five commenters are. You're going to get uh, rewards for that. So uh, do comment. If you're watching this live, I'm going to encourage you to, in fact, 
go to our website, category5.tv, say 12 hours after the show or whenever, mm-hmm. uh, and, and return back. And even though you're watching live, make a comment and let us know what you thought of the episode if you want to rate it and com- right. communicate uh, about the episode itself. But certainly if you're watching on demand as well, get over to Category 5. It's the only way to participate in that and post your comments there. And there'll be rewards? There are. I mean, we, keep, we have the top five on our homepage. Uh, we also reward um, Category 5 v- viewer points. And uh, there's going to be all kinds of neat things now that we've got our merch store. Merch store. Pardon me. Our super awesome merch store where I you can know. get the most comfortable t-shirts They're on this awesome. planet. They are. Uh, <laughs> one more cool feature that is, uh, is new to our website. Uh, we've got the not only the top five commenters, but also we've got the top stats for our chat room. So if you're joining us in the chat room throughout the week or even tonight live, uh, get over to category5.tv, go to interact and then chat room and you'll see stats have been added and you can actually see where you rank as far as top chatters, things like that. So that's kind of a fun way to oh, that's fabulous. keep in contact with the, with the chat room and the community <laughs> as well. So loads of fun community kinds of things and that's kind of what we're all about here at Category 5 is... Uh, just growing that community feel and and i'm doing what i can to try to add a few cool community features you can like own the podium yeah i think so (laughs) i think so so hello to our chat room Mm -hmm. nice to see you as i talk a little bit about the chat room jot nice to see you as always agamotto i am tech Tech five uh is joining us tonight was able to make it tonight glad to have you here awesome Uh, who else have we got Mind Lord, Mick Rip, our uh, resident mm. musician for the show who did our theme music. Say hi to him. Oh, He's hey, Mick Rip. So awesome. ping him and he'll go, whoa, all these pings. Uh, Tachos. Dennis nice Kelly. Rob Gore. Garby. Wow. Talky Toaster. Talky nice. Toaster. I love names. Some of the next. Some of the nicknames. I love them. Um, <laughs> hey, FBTV Gunner Swede. Who's Poopy Pants? <laughs> Who are your Poopy Pants? <laughs> Somebody Sorry changed. to hear about your luck. <laughs> In today's news, Pampers. Yeah. Dennis <laughs> Kelly, hey. <laughs> so tonight, I, I told you I want to talk about moving a Linux folder, our home folder, okay. onto another hard drive. So we're going to do that. Why? I'm kind of excited to, uh, to do these kinds of things and to to be able to show you how to do this kind of stuff because there are so many different uses for it. First of all, the home folder itself, if we can put it into context what, what a home folder does for Linux users, if you can imagine um, a, a particular folder on your computer's hard drive where mm-hmm. everything that you configure, every file that you create, every download, every picture, every video, every document, all of those things reside within subfolders of this folder. So the folder is actually the computer, sort of? Like if, folder, like in my brain, like what I consider a computer to be, which is so totally different, like not your, the hard drive. So in your brain, I just in my brain. a couple of little things dancing around with hats, pointy <laughs> little hats. I'm a computer, I'm no, a computer. But every single thing on the computer is in that folder. The critical so the stuff folder, to your user. Yeah, so the folder so is... So the home folder becomes 
a folder that contains the stuff that's important to <laughs> the you. Entire so computer. if you take, you think about your home, right? What, what's in your home? It's all the sentimental stuff. It's all the stuff that you know you just couldn't. Okay. You, you want to have a backup of. That's the the core stuff. So everything that's in the home folder, if you've got a copy of that, you basically have everything that matters to you. Everything else that's on the hard drive can be reinstalled can be replaced can be deleted and then reinstalled it's part of the operating system whereas the home folder is your personal stuff got it it's the stuff that you have created every time i if i change my desktop wallpaper the setting is saved in my home folder so now if i were to take that home folder and move it over to another linux computer i would have the same desktop wallpaper I would have the same internet favorites. I would have the same email. Just moving your furniture into the house. The home folder is is where all your stuff is at. Right. So the question becomes, well, why would we want to move that onto different media? And that's what we're here to do tonight. And I thought of a couple of different reasons that you might want to do this, understanding that, you know, of course, this is important data. The, The first one that comes to mind is being able to create redundancy. So if you think about a computer hard drive as a single failable piece of hardware right you've got your operating system your files everything on that one hard drive and if it fails you lose everything so with a modern computer these days it comes with a single hard drive you've got your operating system installed hopefully linux and by moving your home folder you could actually put it onto what's called a raid one a redundant data set so so you were going to say what? 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 What's a ra- what? A RAID 1 would yes. be like, would be two hard drives. Oh, okay. And they're mirrored. So if you think, and the, the word mirror is, it is what you would think it is. Yeah. It means if I save anything to, let's, to, let's just use the, the example of home. So if I save right. anything to my documents, it will save it to two hard drives simultaneously. And then you That's would. That's a RAID 1. Oh, Okay. Okay. I, I I actually get that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if if this drive fails, yeah. which happens, okay, this drive continues on, but also has that copy of your file. Right. So you didn't actually lose it, even though your hard drive failed. Now, if you were in a scenario where you only have one hard drive and it failed, you lose everything. Right. So that's a problem. So by having a RAID set, a RAID one with redundancy, you'd be able to move your home folder over to these two hard drives. Keep your operating system on the one hard drive, and you now have redundancy for all your personal files. That is perfect. That's one one reason I can think of that you might you might want to do something like this. Another thing would be performance. Uh, for example, if you have your um, let's say you got a new computer, it's got a solid state hard drive. They're very 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 fast for your operating system, but you don't need speed for your home folder because it's really data storage. It's right. where your pictures are. You open them and they come up. But the operating system is where you need the speed of an SSD. With your personal files, you need to have um, more space, really. So then it also comes down to, okay, well, moving things onto a bigger hard drive mm-hmm. while keeping your operating system on the SSD, which is a very uh, fast, solid-state hard drive, no spinning parts. Right. Right. So you accomplish the same thing. You've still got all your files, but they're stored on this slower older style medium that is much, much cheaper per gigabyte. So you can get, a, say, a two or four terabyte hard drive to put all your data onto, but still be booting from a solid state drive. So your operating system, your file, your programs execute from a fast solid state drive. Right. But when you open a picture, it comes off of the spinning drive. So performance wise, oh, okay. you're able to 
kill two birds with one stone, you get more storage for your home folder, offload those things from your SSD, okay. which is probably a much smaller hard drive because they're faster, but they're very s- small as far as capacity goes. Right. And then you're not bogging everything down with all of that extra stuff. Exactly. You're not running out of space. So right. it works real well. So using that example, <laughs> we can add a lot of space to our computer as well. So that's kind of a two-part um, you know, reason that you might want to do this. So you're not moving this... Hopefully this is going to prove that I know what you're talking about. You're not actually just moving the f- the whole file. You're copying it over. Like it's not completely going away from the one. We would it? actually remove it oh. from the one. Yes. Okay. And, and we'll see how that works tonight. Yeah. Linux is a lot different. And it, it's, it was hard for me to get my head around it when I was a Windows user learning about Linux. Um, because <laughs> we're so used to a C drive. Yeah. And the C drive has program files and within program files is another application but it's all if it's a root if it's part of the c drive it's on one physical drive mm-hmm. linux on the other hand uses what's called mount points so my home folder is slash home which you would think is a part of the slash hard drive right so mm-hmm. a part of that hierarchy but because of mount points i can i can move home to any other device i can put it on my network if i want it I could put it, you know, plain and simply, if I didn't care about performance, I could put it on a Dropbox. I could have my home folder anywhere because using mount points, I could just say, okay, now this is not a part of this hard drive. This is a part of another drive or another unit. Okay. It's a little confusing, admittedly, mm-hmm. but we're going to show you how that all works and comes together. <clears throat> Looking forward to learning. One last reason it might be cool to do this is because if you like to distro hop, if you... You know, you're trying Debian this week. You might want to try uh, Ubuntu next week. You might want to try Arc Linux the following week. To have your um, home folder on a separate drive means that you've got easier. Uh, you you've got everything already there. You can unmount it from your computer, install the new operating system, mount it as the home folder to that new operating system, and all your stuff is there. So you didn't actually have to do like backups and right. you know, per se, because you've got it in a, on a separate hard drive. So that's kind of cool. Okay, so what I've got tonight, Sash, I've got Point Linux installed on my computer here, and this is just a base install of Point Linux. We love that uh, distro. Uh, It's available from pointlinux.org. And we're really just using this as an example tonight because it could be any Linux distribution. And I'll show you the hierarchy here just so you you see what I'm saying. If I go back to the file system here, Sasha, Mm -hmm. this is the slash. So think of that as your your C drive, say. It's the hard drive of your computer. And here's the home folder. Okay. Within the home folder are all my users. So if, let's move this aside, and here on my desktop, I'm going to create a new document. I'm going to call this Hello Sasha. <laughs> okay. So I, I've got that on my desktop now. Yeah. If I go into slash home slash Robbie slash desktop, lo and behold, there there's the file Hello Sasha. So it is a part of my home folder tree. Right. So home being the base, Robbie being my user, desktop being the folder. Okay. And you see what I mean by desktop, documents, downloads, music, pictures, public template, and videos. But also, if I hit Control-H, I'm going to see a lot of hidden stuff. Okay. And you'll see that it's got config. Right. Cache, Cache. gconf, uh, all your configuration for your computer. It, it's all hidden there. Okay. So if I go into config, you'll see all these different things. Comp is settings, VLC media player, and 
if you go through, you'll see that there, there are settings for all of your applications. If I create bookmarks in my browser, they all get saved within there. So moving this folder means I would have um, access, I would have all those files onto a different media. So similarly, if I back up that folder, I should just mention this, it's not quite related to what we're doing, but backing up the home folder and all the subfolders thereof is a good idea for Linux users because then you've got everything that's basically right. critical to you. Everything else, as I mentioned, uh, is is really just system stuff. If I go up from there, you know, bin, boot, dev, etc, lib, you may have some things like your FS tab file in etc. If you've edited it, you might want to back it up manually. But really, all those things are dynamic, and if you reinstall an operating system, you haven't really lost anything as long as you've got your home folder. That's the critical one. Mm -hmm. So what I've done with this computer is I've added a second hard drive. So here's a scenario where we've got um, a computer with a very, very small solid-state hard drive. This one, I think, is 5 or 8 gigs, something like that. So not a lot of space to store anything. So what I want to do is I want to add a two terabyte hard drive for all of my documents. Everything that I do is going to happen on that hard drive where my operating system itself is still going to be running from that solid state drive. So we're going to be able to get the performance of the solid state. But right now the home folder is a part of that solid state hard drive. So you see my free space on this little itty bitty solid 1. state drive 8. is only 1.8 gigs. Right. That's not even enough space to download two episodes of Category 5 Technology TV in wow. HD. So that's a, you know, that would be a problem for the normal user. So observe that as I look at my, let's go to my desktop folder, observe the fact that we have 1.8 gigabytes free. Right. Because once we move everything over to our two terabyte hard drive, we're going to see something quite different, even though we're not changing the operating system's hard drive. So I'm going to close out of this. I'm going to bring up an application that comes with the computer uh, with Point Linux called gparted. It's a partition editor for GNOME. And we're here in Mate. It doesn't really matter. So there's my hard drive. It's 8 gigs. Okay. I'm going to switch to... Notice up at the top here, I've added another hard drive. So from my 8 gig hard drive, I want to switch to SDB, which is my 2 terabyte hard drive. Right. Okay. So now you can see that I've already formatted it, but what I want to do, I want to take this right from the scratch ju just because a new hard drive is probably going to be uh, fat, uh, like NTFS or possibly not even formatted. It's going to look something like that, unallocated. There's nothing there. You can't actually use that hard drive because it hasn't been prepared. You so prepare it. We're going to prepare it. I'm okay. going to actually apply that change so that we can actually do this together. So in gparted, which is here on my Linux installation, and if you don't have it, you can install it with Synaptic Package Manager or Yum or whatever you use uh, to install software. <clears throat> so I'm going to go device, create partition table. It warns you that this is going to erase everything on your hard drive, so be absolutely certain that you have actually selected the correct hard drive in the top right pull down here. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're, you've selected your new hard drive that has nothing on it and hit apply. It's creating the partition table. It's done. It doesn't look like anything has changed, mm -mm. but it has. I'm going to right-click on the unallocated space and choose New. And we're going to create this as ext2, 3, or 4. I'm going to choose 4 and just hit Add. Okay? So th those ext2, 3, and 4 right. are well, Linux partitions. So okay. they're going to work well with Linux. Notice I've just hit Apply, and we're just going to let that go. So now what we're doing is we're taking that whole 2-terabyte hard drive 
and we're turning it we're turning it into a Linux compatible hard drive. Okay. So now we're going to be able to use that for anything to do with Linux, and it's going to work just dandy. And it would only now be used for Linux. Now it's not compatible with anything else. Well, now we've this this hard drive. Yes, it's going to become okay. a part of our hierarchy of our computer, our distribution. It's right. going to become our home folder. It's not something that you'll be accessing from Windows or anything like right. that. Right. But we're assuming that Linux is your your core operating system on the computer. So, yeah, that's right. It, you wouldn't be using this for anything else now. Right. So you see that even formatting a two terabyte hard drive didn't take long at all. So I'm going to close that. It's done. Now we have a two terabyte EXT4 hard drive ready to go. Awesome. Okay, system shut down, but keep in mind there is a file that we created here during the show, Hello Sasha, on my desktop. I'm going to shut down, turn off the computer, and uh, then we're just going to take a break. Yeah, no. take a break. Yeah. Smoke if you got them. Yep. Mm. Have a pancake. No, what we're actually going to do, we're going to put in the. <laughs> Uh, the live media, the live DVD or live CD into our Linux computer. So if you go to pointlinux.org, because we're using Point Linux as the example tonight, you can download a free copy of Point Linux, and it's, it's a live DVD. So what that means is you can boot from the CD, and you can use it to, to do all kinds of great things with your computer without actually having to install it. Okay. So now I'm booting up from the CD... Okay, so you'll notice the first option says try Point Linux without installing. So I'm just going to choose that. And it's in fact going to boot up into a, a live mode. So this works again if you're using Ubuntu, if you're using any other distro that has a live CD option. It doesn't have to be Point Linux. I personally really, really dig Point Linux. I think it's a great distro. Uh, and they're doing a fantastic job over there. So that's what we're using tonight. But even if you're not using Point Linux, notice that I'm using Point Linux on the computer. I'm also using Point Linux boot disk um, as my live CD uh, in order to service the computer. But even if you're on <clears throat> Ubuntu, even if you're on Arc Linux, even if you're on any other distro, you can still use the Point Linux boot CD in order to do all the things that we're doing. Because really, it's just Linux is Linux is Linux. Those are all different flavors. All we're doing is okay. moving the, <laughs> the, the hard drive data from one hard drive to another. So there's really, it, it's agnostic as to what distro you're using. So. Right. They all communicate with each other then? Like all they of the all, different... They're all compatible because mm -hmm. an EXT4 partition, which we already learned is a Linux hard drive formatting partition, uh, like file system. So it's compatible with all Linux, really. I mean, maybe not all, but so what all makes the major ones. Ubuntu different than Point Linux? It's the installed software, the stuff that comes on top of Linux. So Linux is kind of think of like it as the, the core, and then Ubuntu is all the stuff that's on top of the core. So there are different ones you would pick depending on different things that you would prefer? Yeah, exactly. Um, Ubuntu is, you know, making some changes, but uh, typically over the past couple of years, they've been really geared toward the touchscreen interface and the, you know, the, the blockier kind of, you know, different look that's more, oh, okay. you know, like the Windows 8 versus Windows 7. That would be Ubuntu versus Debian, say. Oh, They're okay. pushing more toward the touchscreen. That's all kind of changing a little bit, but um, Point Linux... The one that I really love has a more classic feel, using Mate or Mate um, as the desktop environment. It uh, it feels a little more like classic Linux, and you can okay. see that 
You can really, really see that. Now, notice, you think that I've booted into the same computer. It looks identical. I could have changed the wallpaper for you just to make it easier to understand. Uh, but really, see, install Point Linux. We are, in fact, booted from the CD. Right. And my hard drives have been detected on my, like, from my boot CD. You see I have a, four, it's showing it as a 5.4 gigabyte file system. We know it's an 8 gig. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and we've got the 2.1 terabyte file system. So if I click on... Now, if I go to my home folder and I go up one, what do you notice? Robbie's gone. Right. Because I'm, I'm not Robbie now. I'm not booted into my computer. I'm, in fact, booted to the CD. This is called a live CD. It's fantastic because I can manipulate the computer all I want, access files. If you've got a dead computer, be it Linux, Windows, any um, PC operating system doesn't matter. Say you've got a Windows computer that won't boot. You can use this as long as the hard drive spins and can be read. You can use this to recover the files from it because you're booting to an, a running operating system. Say a virus has corrupted your ability to boot your Windows computer. Mm-hmm. You can use this to copy all the files off of the computer onto an external hard drive and then reinstall Windows and you never lost anything. Okay. Isn't kind it, of idea. This, this might be a crazy question. Is it an actual CD? Like it's in, No, it's not. It's a DVD. It is. Media. Okay. You can also create uh, USB media if you don't oh, want to okay. use a DVD. You, um, it's a little more complicated. Um, you can use different tools and not really what um, something that I'm prepared to cover tonight, but uh, UNet Booten is a good one for Linux that okay. allows you to create um, flash media right. on USB sticks. And you would want to have something like that just in case all the time, just in your or just arsenal of you tools. It. But if you need it, is it too late? Well, it depends if you have another computer. I'm I'm... Yeah. In a scenario where I've got other computers, if if one computer crashes, I can go to another computer, download the ISO, burn it to right. a DVD, and then I've got the DVD. So, but for somebody who only has one, then get everything might, set yeah. up and get this ready just in your toolbox sure. of just in case. Yeah, why not? Right? It sounds like Maybe. a good tool to have. Uh, I think any Linux Live CD is a good idea to have um, in in your tool bo- toolbox so that you can boot up and access stuff without the fear of spreading viruses, say, mm-hmm. on a Windows system. Because you can boot it up and you're not actually booting into Windows, so if it's virus-infected, it can't spread during that session. Oh, okay. So that's kind of cool. So all that to say we've booted from a CD, we've got access to the computer. Yeah. How awesome. So, But here I am, it's user. Well, where's Robbie? I need my Robbie folder. Well, notice... I've, again, I've got those two hard drives here. So what happens if I click on the small hard drive? We know that's my main hard drive. Whoa! It looks the same as the the folder I was just looking at. But let's go into home. Oh! It's Robbie. It's Robbie! There it is. Let's go into Robbie. Let's go into desktop. And what do you see? Hello, Sasha. There you go. Okay, so we know that this is, in fact, the home folder on my actual physical computer. The 2.1 terabyte file system is an empty file system that we have just formatted. So what do we do? Let's go into our terminal. We're going to have fun with this. The reason that we've booted from a, uh, a, a live CD, live DVD here, is because if you were booted into your actual operating system, you can't move your home folder because it's in use. Plain and simple. You, right. you're, you're, you've got stuff opened, and so it, you couldn't move it. You'd end up breaking stuff and... That would be a, a bit of a headache and a nightmare. So instead, what we're going to do is we're using this live CD to go into CD slash media. Okay, now if I do an LS, you'll see that I've got a couple of drives there. Those are my actual hard drives. But if I eject them from Nautilus here, or whatever it's called in uh, in Point Linux, uh, Kaja, 
If I do another ls, look at what happens. There's no hard drive. So if you look at slash media in your terminal, mm-hmm. notice how I got there, cd space slash media, and then an ls is like a dos dir command kind of idea. There's nothing in there, really. But if I mount a hard drive by single clicking on it, now if I do an ls, you'll see that hard drive is actually there. So if I go cd space zero and then hit the tab key on my keyboard because I don't want to have to type that god-awful long thing, <laughs> right? Hit enter. Now I'm actually in that hard drive in my Linux terminal. And if I do an ls, there's my Linux directory structure. And if I do ls home, you'll see there's my Robbie folder, okay? Because I'm looking at that hard drive. So now I need to be able to move that home folder to this 2.1 terabyte file system. But what is it? I'm going to single click on it. And you'll see up here at the top, it says 2.1 terabyte file system. I can hit control L and I can see the, what's called a UUID. That's this big, long, horrible thing. Okay. That's a personal identifier for this particular hard drive. I don't need to memorize that. I don't even need to type it. All I need to know is that it starts with a D. Mm. And the other one started with a zero. So it's not a complicated procedure to say, okay, if I do ls dot dot dash lah so that it shows it long form. Okay, that is my computer's hard drive. Right. I know that, right? And that, that is that terabyte one. That's the two terabyte storage drive that I'm going to move my home folder to. How easy is that? Nice. So I'm already in <clears throat> my computer's hard drive here. So what I want to do is I want to type mv is move. But notice that I'm going to get an error here, but I'm going to do it on purpose. Move home to dot dot slash d tab. Enter. And I'm going to get permission denied. It's wrapping to the other line here, but that's what it says. Permission denied. And the reason for that is because I don't have the rights to make these kinds of changes to this particular hard drive. I need to be root or super user. So if I instead go sudo mv home... So I'm moving the home folder, mm-hmm. which is currently inside the folder that I am in on the, the root of that hard drive, mm-hmm. to dot dot, which is, means up one folder, slash D, because we know that the two terabyte drive starts with that, and then hit tab. That finishes off the line, and then hit enter. Now, if I do an LS, notice there was no error there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do an LS on my computer, and you'll notice that there is no home folder. Okay. All right. Do an ls dot dot slash d. Look at the two terabyte hard drive, and you'll see that it has nothing but home and lost and found. So now, if I look at that 2.1 terabyte file system, go into the home folder, you'll see Robbie, desktop, hello, Sasha. Got it. Okay, so we've now officially moved that off of our internal hard drive. Now, it's important to note that we cannot reboot our computer now because there is no home folder. It's going to just crash and we're going to, you know, it's just going to go crazy because we've moved the home folder, but we've never told our computer, hey, by the way, we've moved it. You need to look for it over here now. So that's what we need to do. So we have to step two. Is this on a scale of geekiness? Where would you put this? Um... Well, I'm sort of getting it. I will admit that I wouldn't be able to copy it myself. I'd have to pull up this episode (laughs) and follow. Sure. But it seems doable. Like, it seems like it possible. Yeah, I get it, sort of, mostly. I'm really equating it. Hopefully, you guys are all getting it. You probably are getting it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have, yeah, little images in my head of things, you know, where... Cool. Right. Yeah, where, like, if I were to use, if I were to try and do it at home, I would definitely not be able to... Uh, I would call you. I would call okay. Robbie. Okay. okay. That's where I am. <laughs> and that's fine. Okay. And you can call me. Yes. 2545-CAT5TV, live at Category5.TV. Some of the people in the chat room say, well, can't you use slash dev slash SDA1, SDB1? And Garvey making the point that UUID is much more recommended because Mm -hmm. it's specific to each hard drive. I'll give you a scenario. If you were to use SDA1, SDB1, which makes sense to those of you who care, okay, um, then... If I remove a hard drive and move a hard drive around, all of a sudden the one that was SDB1 turned into SDA1. So now everything is messed up. And now i got to figure out, okay, what drive is supposed to go into what bus? And it's, a, it's just a dog's breakfast of drives and mm-hmm. trying to figure out where it's supposed to be. UUID never changes. It doesn't matter where it's plugged in. So the UUID, it's important to use that, not the dev assignment. Right. Because otherwise you could have data corruption and lost files and unable to boot a system and because, you, because you've assigned using the SD right. assignment that is dynamic. UUID yeah, is static. static. Okay? To it. obtain the UUID, now we're, we're going about it a dumb GUI way of doing it. But if you want to do it right, just type sudo blkid. There are all your hard drives in your computer. Okay, You're going to know what's what. Because it shows you the dev assignment. SDB1 is my two terabyte hard drive. Okay, So BLKID, using sudo to do it, is going to give you all the UUIDs for your existing computer. Perfect, right? So there's my two hard drives. It gives me that. Okay, so what I need to do... Now, notice that I am still looking in media at this mounted drive that is the internal hard drive for my computer. I'm going to go into CDETC. And you'll note that I am not in slash etc, because if I was, I'd be looking at the actual etc folder of my CD drive. Right? Okay. So if I look at my fstab file, uh, sudo. Whoa, there literally is no fstab. So that would be confusing. Etc is not is a moot point because <laughs> it's your CD. It's your boot media. We want to go into that hard drive, okay, slash etc. Now, we need to tell the computer, as I was saying, that we've moved the home folder onto another hard drive. So we already know to use blkid to get the uuid. Alternatively, of course, we can go up here and we can click on here and we can hit control L and we see that the media assignment on this particular computer has assi- you know it's shown me the the uuid there. Mm-hmm. But your computer may not. It may show it as hard drive or uh, sdb1. It may. We have to use the uuid for fs tab. So if you didn't get a long number and you're looking at slash media slash sdb1, that's fine. But when it comes to what we're about to do, you need to go sudo blkid. My D stuck. That wasn't me. (laughs) Get the, within the quotes here, I want to get my two terabyte hard drive. Right. Okay. I'm going to go edit, copy. It's now in my clipboard. Okay. So now I'm going to go sudo nano, which is my editor, text editor, fs tab, which means... Your, your file system table. Keep in mind that I am looking at the ETC folder of my actual hard drive in the computer. 
Okay. Okay. So to take it back just a, a split second, if you guys don't mind, look at the path that I'm in, slash media, slash, and then I've got the UUID for my internal hard drive. Mm-hmm. You might have something different. That's fine. Slash ETC, then sudo nano FS tab to edit the FS tab file. And you'll see that there are two things currently assigned. Mm-hmm. There is the swap partition and the slash mount point. Now, okay. what, what we've established we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, well, home is no longer a part of the slash mount point. It's no longer on this hard drive that starts with a zero in the UUID, mm-hmm. right? Instead, what we're going to do is let's make a comment with a hash there, and we're going to say this is our home drive. Now, we're going to go UUID equals, and the brilliant thing is you can pretty much copy what you see above for the slash mount point. So I'm going to go edit, paste. Now, I've got the UUID there from a previous copy of the two terabyte hard drive. Hit tab. And now watch what I'm going to do. Slash home. Okay. Tab. EXT4. Remember Mm -hmm. we formatted it as EXT4. If -hmm. you made it EXT2 or 3, you need to change it accordingly. And then again, we're going to just copy the permission, the, the settings as per above. Let's see what it says. I'm going to make it a little larger here. Mount dash ro. Just gotta zoom out so I can find out where my cursor is. There it is. So what that says is, if there's an error, it's going to remount the drive as a read-only. Okay. First number here is uh, for dump. If you want it to, if you want to use dump for backups, um, which unless you're running a server, you probably don't. So you can just leave that as zero. The second number, you see how on our hard drive above, it's set to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does that mean we want to set this one to one? No. What we want to do here is we want to set that to either zero or two. I would say probably two. Uh, because what that is, is that's the FSCK uh, scan order. So when you boot your computer up so many times, your computer, mm-hmm. your Linux computer says, oh, it's been so many times that you've booted, I think we better check your hard drive and make sure that it doesn't have any errors. Mm-hmm. So it's a smart thing to have that. You can disable it by turning that second number to zero. Uh, I think you're probably better to have it enabled. And the number represents the order in which FSCK is going to scan. So by leaving this one as 1, it means this one is going to get scanned first. By setting this one to 2, it means when the first one is finished scanning, this one is going to start scanning. So that's all fine and good. Now I'm going to hit Control-O because I'm in Nano, and that allows me to save my file. Hit Enter. Here's something that you absolutely, i got to stress this, you cannot forget to do. What? Make note. Okay, so listen up. If, you, if you've fallen asleep, hey! <laughs> wake up! Wake up! Here's what you need to do. What have I done? I've told the system now, this, remember, I'm editing the FS tab file <laughs> on my computer, so if I reboot, it's going to try to mount slash home to this UUID. Right. Okay? Now, I, I've got two problems with that. First of all, I, I, I'm going to show you... The first one is that slash home doesn't exist as a mount point. What does that mean? We're going to create it. This is really, really simple. I'm going to go to cd dot dot, and I'm going to go make dir home. And I'm going to need a sudo to do that. There we go. So now if I look at this, I now have a home folder on my internal computer. That now becomes a mount point because if you look at it, there's nothing there. 
It's empty. Okay. And that's exactly what a mount point is on Linux. We can create an empty folder and tell it, okay, now take this hard drive and mount it to that folder so that when I go into that folder, it will actually go into this hard drive. Okay. So I had to create that. There's one other problem that just hit me here. When we moved our partition, watch what we did. There's a home folder within our hard drive. Now, we're telling it that, no, this hard drive is the home folder. So what we actually need to do is we need to go into home, and we need to move, sudo, move, star. Uh, no, we don't want to do, uh, we want to go, yeah, star, to dot, dot. So now Robbie is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I've done is I've moved everything there to here. So you see that? So now Robbie is actually in the home in the root folder of this hard drive. Right. So home is actually empty, which is fine. I'm going to remove that because we're done with it. Okay. And now we no longer have a home folder on our hard drive. We, in fact, have a Robbie folder. Because keep in mind, if I mount this as home mm-hmm. and Robbie is within a folder called home, now it's going to look like slash home home Robbie. Right. Okay. We want it to be uh, slash home Robbie, Robbie, just like the original file system. Okay. So looking at our file system again... Here's our 5.4 terabyte or 8 gigabyte SSD. And if I go into home, it is completely empty because that is going to be our mount point. Go into my 2.1 terabyte hard drive, which is going to be what is mounted to that through the FS tab file. Mm-hmm. Go into Robbie. There's my desktop. There's Hello Sasha. Okay. Got it. Have I got everything, chat room? Wowzers. It's a lot to, lot to do live. I'm going to exit. You did a great job. And reboot. Well, thanks. You're she welcome. says this, but we haven't rebooted yet. Oh, yeah. So far, you've done a great job. Thanks. <laughs> Don't press thanks the green so button. Much. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, what are we going to do? I'm going to shut down, and then we're going to eject the media. Right. The CD. Dun, dun, dun. dun. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, we're not usually this incredibly geeky. This is pretty geeky. I have to tell you, I've learned many things on this episode. Dot, dot means next level up. Yep. And that works in DOS, too. Pseudo makes you the master. Mac. Pseudo makes you the king of the computer. If I ever have a child, which is not the plan, I will name it Pseudo. (laughs) Which is why I probably should never Uh, have a child. (laughs) Yeah, that's good point. That alone. Okay. So... Hopefully Abigail is now watching yes. <laughs> and naming her baby Pseudo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to eject that CD. There we go. I'm going to start booting that up. And if all goes well, we're going to be happy. Here we go. And then I'll read the news. And then you will. Loading. Please wait. So here we are. We're booting into Point Linux again. My heart's racing. This is scary, eh? Yeah. Peter, could you have made this any more intense? Maybe some freaky music or something. How's that? Is that intense? Is that intense enough for you? Could you embed that in there, Peter? All right. I'm not talking to myself. Who's Peter? Peter's the developer. Okay. (laughs) 
Like, there's a whole new level to your uh, mental health status here that I had no clue. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a real guy. He's yeah. a real guy. He's sitting on a couch over there. I know it's the just cat. a blank screen. I don't want to switch away. I don't want to pull it over to the camera because I want I want it to. You want to see it? To see this happening. live, I want to see you. Now we're on radio. See, we are. <laughs> it's no Welcome longer TV. to the smooth sounds of Category Five Booting Point Linux. <laughs> Star Flash. Ooh, ooh. And. Yes! Is this good? Oh! I don't want to. I got a desktop wallpaper and hello, Sasha! Yeah! (laughs) Way to go! And the crowd goes wild. Yeah! (laughs) First take! That. This is live! Yes! Oh, that's gonna be hard to follow. There it goes. Look at that. Okay, home. Check out my free space, folks. Yes. Yeah, baby. And that... By golly, he's done it. That is why (laughs) you might want to do what we did here tonight. Yes. You might want Robbie to do what we did here tonight. Ah! That was awesome! (laughs) That was really good. Thanks, everybody. Yay! Okay. Are you ready for it? I am ready for it. Okay, take her away. Here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. A new tipping point in the world of tablets. The analysts at Gartner released their tablet sales numbers for 2013 yesterday, and Android has topped the list as the most popular platform for the first time, outselling Apple's range of iPad tablets nearly twofold. Of the 195 million tablets sold in 2013, Android took 62% of sales on 121 million tablets, while Apple sold 70 million iPad tablets for a 36% share. In comparison, last year, Apple led the tablet category with nearly 53% of sales on 61 million units, compared to Android at 46% with 50 3 million tablets sold. Sounds like a mathematical word problem. Mm. What's fueling tablet sales? Gartner says it's actually the low-end smaller screen tablets along with first-time buyers. Which makes sense. It brings me to um, to the the fact that I was at a friend's house today and he has a 4-year-old and a Uh 6-year-old and both of them have tablets. Android tablets. And it blew my mind. Each of them have their own? They have their own. Spoiled That they got for $60, like tax in free shipping from, I don't know, probably Amazon, probably delivered on like one of those helipad things. Anyway, but you couldn't do that with an iPad. Like you couldn't buy your kid an iPad and just give it to them. These numbers really, that you can go out and get a $60 tablet that does all the things Mm -hmm. that has internet and probably a SD card reader and a USB plug that you can plug in an external hard drive and all this additional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather buy that one. You can't go wrong, really. I mean, if your iPad is just going to end up being obsolete obsolete anyway, right? Like if... It's planned obsolescence, for sure. So you might as well just buy the cheap end Android. What are you running? Are you and and cheap end Android? She, what she means there is respectably well priced. <laughs> That's awesome right. Awesome device. Yes. Yes. Okay. Twitter username N, which has allegedly been stolen, has been returned to its original owner. Naoki Hiroshima, who held the Twitter handle since 2007, claimed last month the hacker had stolen it. He said that at the time someone took control of his other online accounts and threatened to compromise data and websites owned by him, forcing him to give up the handle. So he held him a ransom or 
something. Mm-hmm. Hostage, that's what it is. On Wednesday, Mr. Hiroshima tweeted, order has been restored. This is a happy ending not only to me, but for the sane employees and lo- loyal users of, Twitter's, of Twitter. Congrats to those two, he added. However, he did not mention how he got back control of the handle. Oh, <laughs> a little hitman. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. An assassin. Um, in a previous blog post, Mr. Hiroshima had claimed that he had earlier been offered $50,000 to sell it, and people had tried to steal it before. Mr. Hiroshima said that his Twitter name was considered rare as it only contains one character. So there's only yeah. 26 others. I would think so. 25 others. Maybe there are some higher, you know, like maybe Chinese characters. I don't know. But there's oh, probably yeah. not there's a probably, lot of probably and like in alphabets, there's probably other alphabets other than ours that have more letters. Yeah. Right? If you haven't caught the story, though, about N, it's really quite interesting. And, and the news is kind of slanting it like, did he really get hacked at this point? But regardless of whether it was legit or not, obviously it's made the guy a, a celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. But reading the original blog post is a, a big eye-opener for how you could have your stuff compromised. Um, in fact, a gentleman recently, and it was just, it was, it's on MSN News right now, and it's, it's a big kerfuffle, uh, the Bank of Montreal had transferred his entire uh, savings account, right. $90,000, while he's laying in a hospital bed, they transferred all of his money to an account in Malaysia because somebody had compromised his email account. Holy so they Anna. were able to email the bank and say, I need that money wired to here. And the bank said, okay, well, we need to call to verify it. And right. so the person gave a fake you know, yeah, phone they, number to call yeah. and phoned and they verified. And, and unfortunately, the bank isn't smart enough to yeah, they, realize that, hey, we're being scammed here. Um, and these. transferred all of his money away. So he's yeah. fighting it. And similar thing happened here where, you know, they, they got a hold of one account. It, I think it was uh, his uh, GoDaddy account. Mm-hmm. And were able to hold his domains ransom. And say, unless you give up your Twitter account, we're going to destroy all your domains. And these are premium domains that he's got his blogs on and everything. And so, and customer domains. And so all the, so you get, they get a hold of one little thing Mm -hmm. because you didn't use a safe password or because, and and in this case, um, again, faulted the company. GoDaddy received a phone call from the hacker that pretended to be him saying that I need access to the domain uh, you need to give me access to it. And they actually transferred access to the hacker. Jeez, Louise. Everybody should have <laughs> password box. Yeah, but I mean, so there's so <laughs> many things that you don't realize. Yeah, and so good. read his story because it is a real eye-opener when it comes to security. People don't realize the connections. They say, I, they come into my work. And so I see it all the time. And maybe you're one of these, oh, yeah, I got a really good password on my online banking. Oh, my Gmail account? Whatever. I only use that for mom and dad emailing right. back and forth and stuff because they don't have Facebook, so I just use it for that. Oh, did you realize that you also use that account when you set up your online banking? Right. Or maybe it's associated with one of your credit cards or maybe, you know, who knows? A chain is only as strong there as its are, weakest link. Yeah, and there are so many connections, so. Oi. Yeah. Well, <laughs> leaked well. secret documents have revealed that Britain's surveillance agency, GCHQ, with aid from the U.S. National Security Agency, intercepted and stored the webcam images of millions of Internet users not suspected of wrongdoing. 
GCHQ files dating between 2008 and 2010 explicitly state that surveillance program codenamed Optic Nerve collected still images of Yahoo webcam chats in bulk and saved them to agency databases, regardless of whether individual users were were an intelligence target or not. Oh, my. Uh Uh-huh. In one six-month period in 2008 alone, the agency collected webcam imagery including substantial quantities of sexually explicit communications from more than 1.8 million Yahoo user accounts globally. Yahoo denied any prior knowledge, as they would, of the surveillance, accusing the responsible agencies of a whole new level of violation of users' privacies. I'll say. That is insanely scary when you think about uh, a communication you know think about uh, a wife whose husband is away at war and you know they have a very intimate uh, conversation or you know flirty and whatever it leads to right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and everything else that goes on but this is a personal conversation it's not something that is public uh, you know that right and you're led to believe it is absolutely private yeah. I mean, and unless you would assume that you would be maybe searched if you were a target of something. Like sure. if you but These are if innocent you, people right, these that are, are just using the service. Not suspected of anything otherwise. And there's somebody flipping through their images. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden if there's something shady in one of the pictures, they become a suspect, which means oh. that's not the way we rule this world. You're supposed to be suspected or presumed innocent until proven I guilty. No, person of interest. I don't uh, this is very it's creepy keeping stuff. Keeping track of what we're doing. Ba-ba-da-da. Okay, Minecraft. Less than two weeks after Minecraft creator Mojang took action to shut down a Kickstarter project seeking to raise funds for a film based on the game, it turns out the reason they didn't want someone else doing it is because they're already in talks with Warner Brothers. Oh dear. Yep. Minecraft creator Marcus Person revealed the news this week. The hugely popular block building game Minecraft, which was all but taken over which has all but taken over YouTube's page could be coming to the big screen movie news site deadline reported that the one of the producers of the recent lego movie is handling the project and it looks like the film will be a live action work on the film is at a very early stage as warner has only recently acquired the rights to use minecraft's iconic blocks characters and monsters in other gaming news or another gaming movie news one game that is definitely being turned into a film is the world of warcraft filming started in late january with british director duncan jones in charge the film is set to be released in early 2016 minecraft Hmm. doesn't even look fabulous like how are they going to make that a great movie sylvester stallone what are they going to do they're going to have to make that prettier lego i mean (laughs) but have you seen youtube lately (laughs) seriously the home page is like Minecraft. Really? A bunch of kids just... It's a really pointless game, according... playing golf with my squares. Yeah, with my... Yeah, it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be hilarious. I am going to... I guess if they took that spin, if they took the South Park kind of flavor and and put that on... But who knows, eh? I know. Warner Brothers. It's legit. Not that I'm a huge follower of South Park, Mm. but there was a series of shows recently of episodes where it was the ps4 against the xbox yeah and it was like this huge war against the two and nice. i totally so who, won? Wa- who won i'm not who telling won? you oh, you'll okay. have to you don't watch it it's actually quite crude <laughs> it's don't watch it <laughs> get, 
Get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story that you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Sasha, I can't believe it. We are almost out of time for tonight. It's been fun. I want to give shouts out to all of our newly registered viewers here at category5.tv. D. Moore. SRCS Tech Club. Jeremy M. Huffman. F. Badillo. Montech and Gabe Razor. Nice to have you. Yeah, Shane and Semi-Photo. Also, Giddy Graggart and Fixin' Stuff. Fixin' Stuff. That's my favorite. All newly registered on Category5.tv. So nice to have you joining us as part of our community. It's a free community to participate in. Get over to our website. It's down there on the bottom of your screen, Category5.tv. Also, looking at our viewership tonight, let's take a look at where you are. Flint. Also, Washington, uh, Philadelphia. Nice to see you. Atlantic City. New York, of course. Baltimore. Nice to see you. Albany. Worcester. Phoenix. And Yuma. And Safford. Huntington Beach. San Diego. Seattle. Nice. Baltimore. See? Uniontown. This is awesome. You guys, San Francisco and Sacramento, California. Great to have you watching the show. Thank you for joining us tonight. Make sure you check out our website this week. It's www.category5.tv. Hope you enjoyed the show. Next week, uh, what's going on next? Eric Kidd, everybody's favorite kid. Eric's going to be here. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's always a riot. And uh, you have a fantastic week. Can't believe how fast the hour went. Always nice to see you. Yeah, thank you. Few and far between. Hopefully I'm not in the cast for my new snowboarding adventures. I'll let you know all about those oh, later. You need to know about that. <laughs> That's right. we got to get you on Twitter or something so that <laughs> follow you. Follow be fallen. Okay. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. See you next Tuesday. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 